JJ, before we get started with the podcast, yes. you and I have an announcement to make. We do. Marketing Made Simple, the book, our book, is available for pre-order right now on Amazon. I know. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. It's pre- very exciting. But this is the first time we've announced that there's actually a special. If you pre-order yeah. the book, and I think it's like 20 bucks, but then they'll give you a couple bucks back because they always discount it. Yeah. <laughs> so you order the book for 20 bucks, and then you forward the receipt to this, to this address, book at storybrand.com. That's book. So you just hit forward when your receipt comes in, mm-hmm. and then you send it to book at storybrand.com. Yes. Or you go to marketingmadesimplesummit.com. You can actually register for our Marketing Made Simple Summit. Well, Don, what is Marketing Made Simple <laughs> Summit? <laughs> Marketing Made Simple Summit is only for people who pre-order the book. Yes. And here it is. It's the answer to the question, how did you guys build that thing? Yes. Because the reality is we built a company that went from a quarter million to 13 point something million last year. This year, 17 with a stretch goal of 20. Yeah. And then pretty quickly, we want to get to 40 million. And we did it without spending very much money in advertising. Yes. And everybody's asked, how do we do it? And we usually say, you know, come to our workshop, read our books, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But we've never succinctly sat down, you and I, and said, okay, let's actually reverse engineer step-by-step what we did. Yep. And that's what we're doing at Marketing Made Simple Summit. And yeah. you can only attend the Marketing Made Simple Summit if you actually pre-order a book. Yeah. So go to Amazon, search for Marketing Made Simple by Donald Miller and Dr. J.J. Peterson, <laughs> and uh, pre-order the book. Forward that email to book at storybrand.com. We will handle the rest. You will get very clear step-by-step instructions. You will not wonder how to get into the thing yeah. or did you miss it. <laughs> you just get it. And it's 20 bucks. I'm not exaggerating. I think it's a $20,000 value. What you need to do is you need to sit down with a pad and paper with your team and you need to take notes the yeah. whole time we're talking. We will never do this again. <laughs> yeah. This was a gimmick to get books sold, and we're sort of giving well, away the farm. we're just going to talk about the tools we used and how we used yeah. them. Yeah, and mean, we're going to really... read specific language that we used. Yeah. And when a group of people catch really big fish in a pond and nobody else is catching fish, and they're willing to sit you down over a beer and say, here's where the fish are and here's what they're eating, Yeah. you pay attention. Yeah. And so Marketing Made Simple Summit is what you want to do. Pre-order the book. The book, again, is Marketing Made Simple. Go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. Powell's Books is yes. one of my favorite bookstores <laughs> in the country. Buy the book there and forward that receipt to book at storybrand.com. That's book at storybrand.com. Welcome to the Building of Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. J.J. Peterson. Hi, J.J. Hello, Don. J.J., how many times have I said... Probably my favorite interview ever on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so many times. I'm going to guess three. <laughs> no, way higher than that. Way higher than that. Well, the listeners can be the judge. Yeah, and you mean that every time. I do mean you, it every time. Every time you say it, you really do mean it. JJ, I mean it again. Ah, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I flew to Chicago and I interviewed a gentleman named Ben Weprin. Yes. I actually met Ben in Waco, Texas. We okay. were there on business and Ben was there on business as well and we got to have lunch together. He and his wife, Marianne, and just got Betsy and I got to know them a little bit, really liked them. And I love his vision for the world and what he's actually doing. Yeah. He's building a chain of hotels called Graduate Hotels. Mm-hmm. They are usually across the street from a major university. There's 22 of them in existence right now. I think there's 13 more being built, and that will grow and grow and grow. Yeah. He was also instrumental in building Soho House Hotels. Yeah. When it started in New York. Yep. The guy was fascinating to me, how he thinks. He thinks like a normal driven business guy meets a novelist. Yes, yes, you were saying that. Yeah, he thinks like a novelist, and then he turns that novel into a business. Yeah. And I've never met anybody who, who thinks that way. Mm-hmm. It's working like crazy. Yeah. And he's creating hotels that are completely different environments than any place I've ever stayed. So I stayed in one of their properties in Chicago. I actually flew yes. to Chicago and did this interview yes. live. you sent Kula and I a video. A video of the room. <laughs> the, room. <laughs> the nicest hotel room I've ever stayed in. Yeah. And when I say that, everybody's picturing in their brain what that hotel room might look like. It's very different and better yes. than whatever you just pictured. Yeah. I mean, I go up to the room, and the room feels like it's been there since 1920. Mm-hmm. There's no way any of the furniture that's in that room is in any other room. Yeah. So they're all very, very different. Yep. A metal sort of clawfoot tub. Yes, the tub was my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> I think there were eight different kinds of full bottles of shampoo. 
Oh my gosh! It was you know, and then shaving kits. Yeah, and th- you know, shaving kits. There's yeah. razors. There's you don't yeah. call for a razor. If you need there. a razor. It's there. I order been gluten free for a month or two now. Uh-huh. I look on the television at the menu. There's a gluten free brick chicken. It's eight o'clock. I'm an eight thirty to bed guy. Yeah. So I'm like, do I just go to bed hungry? I'm like, no, you'll regret it. You know, but it's gonna take an hour to get a brick chicken up here. Yeah. Right. Ordered it 15 minutes later. <laughs> The guy comes walking through my with the best chicken I've had in months. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, how how are they doing this? Right. Yeah. I cross the hall. There's a screening room with these plush red chairs, and each one has its own little ottoman. Yeah. Not like a theater where you press a button. It's old school luxury. Yeah. And the detail which these guys are thinking through these places is really super special. Yeah. Went upstairs the next morning. I'm not a breakfast guy, but I decided to do breakfast. Ben said, you got to go upstairs for breakfast. <laughs> go upstairs. It's snowing in Chicago, 360-degree view all around oh the place. There's maybe 10 or 12 people in a giant you know, wood-floored, rustic 1920s-style place. Great coffee. She said, do you, what sort of toast do you want? Sourdough? Going, ah, no toast. I'm gluten-free. We'll bring you gluten-free toast, Mr. Miller. <laughs> I didn't want to leave. Yeah, I bet. I really didn't yeah. want to leave. You know, I woke up in that place in the morning, and I felt like I have an apartment in Chicago. Yeah. And yeah. I would actually, if I did business every month in Chicago, I wouldn't get an apartment. I would just stay there. Yeah. They're doing something special. The other thing, he's going to do a couple things. We're going to talk a little bit about how you got into this. Mm-hmm. There's three parts to this interview. How you got into this. And then part two is how you built the hotel in Nashville. They have a hotel here, a graduate hotel. And stick around for that because basically he wrote a screenplay. Then he built the set for the screenplay. Unbelievable. And then he threw away the screenplay, and now you just get to go stay in the set. (laughs) And if you ever stay in the Nashville hotel, you will actually know the fictional story that built the hotel. It's fascinating. And then I said, okay, we got to have some basic, you know, if I'm a real estate agent yeah. or a financial advisor, how do I apply this craziness, the way that you've built your business? How do I apply it to mine? And so we go into, he has 20 sort of core principles or ideas or quotes that really stimulate his company. And he let me share like five of them. Amazing. So he unpacks about five of those. It really, man, just one of the best interviews I think we've and, ever done. And we're going on a story brand retreat there. Is that what's happening? <laughs> we <laughs> are doing a happy hour at Graduate in, yes, Nashville. in Nashville. The whole team is going to do that very, yeah. very soon. At the Nashville Hotel, they have animatronic karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Chuck E. Cheese? With like the, you, you, as an adult, you can uh-huh. get up there and you can do karaoke and there's dancing animals oh behind gosh. you. I can't wait. He spares no expense. It's a long interview. We actually go a long time, but you're going to enjoy every second of it. I'm not going to wait anymore. Here's my conversation with Ben Weprin of Graduate Hotels. Ben, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Glad to be here. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this interview for a long time. I actually flew to Chicago to see you. Get off the plane. Get into a cab. I tell him I want him to take me to one of your hotels. And automatically, he's just like... What is it with this hotel? What's so great about this hotel? He had a Romanian accent. I can't do a Romanian accent. <laughs> so said, you know, and he's never been in, but it, he knows the story. He knows the allure of it, all that kind of stuff. I go in. It's stunningly beautiful, but it feels like I've walked into 1940s Hollywood. I wake up in the morning. I'm in this luxurious, beautiful room. And somehow you could try to pull that off. The average person would try to pull off an aesthetic like that. It would come off as pretentious and not make people feel comfortable. I told Betsy, I could just stay here for another few days and get my book finished. How are you pulling off at your property that kind of feel? What's the magic that you guys have put together? First of all, thanks. That's an amazing compliment. Yeah. From you and the driver, because, you know, you want to... When people are talking about you and they've never been in... Yeah, I mean, you want to... And you're a hotel. Something's going on. It's good. And I think, you know, you want to fish where the locals fish. And, you know, that's the goal for every one of our properties is to create a narrative and to build an asset that really just reflects the community where it resides. So each community, each market, they have such interesting stories, character, charm, the personality. Yeah, and let's go back. Let's explain. You have a line of hotels called Graduate Hotels. You're expanding to other stuff, but you've got 22 right now. You have 13 under Mm -hmm. development. And these hotels, all of them, right, are across or near a major college campus and they've taken on or embodied the theme or feel of that campus. You know, we're not just talking about football jerseys hanging in the lobby. We're talking about what? We just went through a warehouse here 
in Chicago where you were storing stuff for the hotel that's going to open in Knoxville. And there was an orange case, a nondescript orange case, Tennessee Vault Orange, that belonged to some well-known trainer, and you're going to put that in the hotel, and nobody's going to know why that thing is there other than it looks good, but it actually has a story to it. Why is that sort of stuff important to you, and what difference does it make in the customer's life as they're staying in the hotel? That small piece is a wonderful example yeah. of what we do. And you know, Bill Bradley quote is, you can't fool the players. Right, you can fool the fans, but you can't fool the players. What does that mean? What do you mean by what? Do you what mean it means that? is that the locals, the people that are ingrained uh, in the yeah. community, that live there, that went to college there, that know all the ins and outs, that are incredibly passionate about Knoxville, will unequivocally know about Mike Rollo. They'll know he was a trainer at the University of Tennessee for forty years in the football program, ups and downs, consistent. He was the fabric of that program. Same thing with the trainers that are there, Hawk. Yeah, Frazier, Max Parrott, those you're, guys. You know, you graduated from Tennessee, but I you've went to done Tennessee. this in Madison. You've done this all, all over. I mean, Penn State. You've done this. Keep going. Big yeah. Ten, Pac-10, ACC, Ivy League. We're opening in Cambridge in the UK. We're opening in Oxford in the UK. Who do you get to research that stuff for you? Because you're having to speak inside language. 100%. Our whole goal, when you said you felt comfortable when you went to the hotel and you walked in there and you felt like you were at a 1940s Hollywood or a home, yeah, the best compliment you can give me. Because the most personal thing I can do is invite you to my home. Mm. And why is that, right? You go into somebody's home, it is an absolute reflection of their family, their travels, where they live, who they are. It's so personal. This book, this piece of art, this picture on the wall. So we take that process into every single graduate hotel that we open and build. And it's that important, and it is going to be the home for that community. So our guests, I mean, we're not a big chain, right? We're not a franchise. We own the hotels, 100% of the real estate. We care. We want that to translate to the guests. And much as most importantly is to the locals because those are who are going to fill up our hotel. Yeah. Right? I mean, we don't have the the reservation systems and the distributions of a Hilton, a Marriott, a Star, you know, that's just not what we do. Our one-to-one relationship that we're selling to people that come in and say, you know what? These people get me. <laughs> they get Knoxville, they get Charlottesville, they get Chapel Hill, they get Nashville, whatever town it is, these people understand me. And the There's, difference would be, you know, a major chain would say, okay, we get the business traveler, or we get human beings, or we get, you know, we have the waffle maker in the cafe that you flip yourself, and you guys are actually driving that demographic even further down, closer to understanding an individual. Let me give you an example. Um, Mark and Brian Canlis have been on the show. They own Canlis Restaurant in Seattle. They've done an amazing job there. They have a conference in New York called Hospitality. Have you ever been to that conference or heard of it? They have a conference in New York. I think it's at Carnegie Hall called Hospitality. And I was just talking to Mark about what they do for their speakers. Like, how do you acknowledge your speakers and say thanks? Their thank you to one of their speakers, one of their speakers always wanted to be an astronaut, didn't have perfect eyesight, could not be an astronaut. They found the year that he was born a meteor hit that person's town. They got a piece of that meteor and a letter from an astronaut to him saying, never stop shooting for the stars. As a thank you gift, where anybody else might have got a leather briefcase with their name monogrammed on it. You guys seem to be doing that sort of, practicing that sort of hospitality as close as you can to that individual, this is going to mean something to you, Don. And I have a feeling if you could do that, you would. But it's hard to know Don's going to show up on you know August third. No, what no, what you, drives that? Is because it, it can't be money, because there's hardly a return on that investment when you're actually driving that far down and spending that much on these rooms. I mean, certainly you guys are making a profit, but there'd be ways to make more money than that. We're making a long-term commitment. We're not a franchise. You own the property. We own the assets, so we're fully committed to these markets. That's a signal to the customer that we're not a gimmick. We're not a theme. There's right. no trends. We're playing the long game. So the amount of time and the amount of research and the amount of dedication that goes into each one of these is because we care, right? It's our property. It's our brand. But we're building something for the community. We don't look at ourselves as owners. We're more stewards. So for somebody to come in and to visit Nashville, where you live, they may have never been there before. Their may idea of Nashville may be you know, country music and whatever. Right. There's so much more to that city. Obviously, music is the backdrop and it's part of the framework, but who made the music? So each one of the assets, we want to take and celebrate all the people that have come from these towns or live in these towns, the mindset that they're in when they're in college. That's a big part of it, mm-hmm. right? And then we it's want nostalgia. To, 100%. So we think about nostalgia and also nostalgia. 
coming back to somewhere where you've been and making a new memory. Hmm. We own that domain. So <laughs> Nostalgia.com? Yeah. Have you done anything with it? We have it? a bunch. Of, no, we get that. We've uncategorizable. You can Google. It'll go to <laughs> lead you to AJ Capital. But that is like what happens is when you build that relationship and when you educate somebody on the framework of the community and all the history and the characters and the charm and the tradition, then they take ownership of it. Right, then it embodies something, their knowledge. Then they can it, share. It becomes, it becomes part of their identity map. 100%. Yeah, this is now part of me. But this is a tribe, right? I mean, this is people that go and visit this hotel and say, you know what? These people get me. They understand this town, this community. Well, not only that, there was a feeling. I'm just trying to put it together easily as I'm talking to you. What was the deal with the hotel I stayed in last night? And this idea was I would want people to see this or experience this with me to better understand who I am or who I want to be. Right. The, the decisions and the choices that you make are a reflection of who you are. Right. Period. Or who you want to be. Exactly. Aspirational identity. That's right. I mean, you talk about that in your book a lot. And is this a tribe that I bond with? And so I do think, you know, we talk about this all the time internally is, you know, if you wake up in uh, whatever, Howard Johnson, like you're not necessarily you know, going to take a picture of your room or your coffee cup and post it on, <laughs> on Instagram. Instagram right. You might, but chances are, if you are staying at a graduate, it means something, right? It means that we care. There's real purpose. There's real intent. It's also inspiring, right? I mean, our whole, you know, theory of innovative hospitality and our motto is we are all students is that evolving, changing, growing, it's never done, right? Education is the backdrop in these markets, but What's creating them is knowledge and is inspiration. Yeah. You think about that like, you know, we're celebrating yesterday's tradition and the optimism of tomorrow. That's what yeah. a college does. Yeah. Right. And so we're stewards of that and we don't take that lightly. You are the fastest growing boutique hotel brand or something like that. What's yeah. the title there? You know, owned, certainly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's a, a comparison, but honestly, we don't even look at like the other brands or the yeah. other. I mean, we're so confident. But I, I, what I'm getting at is yeah. this is working. It works. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're feeling a need. And that yeah. was the theory from the beginning, was that there had never been a brand created specifically, purposely for university-anchored markets and yeah. scaled. You know what's interesting is as much as so many hotel brands out there are trying to figure out how to help us feel recharged and rested, you guys accomplished it last night. You know, Betsy and I have stayed at some nice places, maybe better than any other place I've ever stayed. There's something that you've figured out and it's got to be associated with that personal attention. I want to get to some practical stuff that 90,000 business leaders who are listening to this can actually apply because they want to create this sort of mysterious, magical brand too, right? We're not going to be able to get to all of them, and they're in an internal documents, so I don't want anybody to steal them. But you've got sort of 20 core values or philosophies or ideas that you want embedded in your entire team. And one of them is, number 17, Create properties that allow people to live inside of a story. It will be the most meaningful work of your life. Okay, there's two concepts there. One is, how do you actually help people live inside of a story? Because I know how to invite people into a story. It's what we do. How do you help them live inside of a story? It sounds very Walt Disney in a very different way, right? And then, why is that going to be the most meaningful work of your employee's life if they do that? Two different questions. How do you invite somebody to live inside of a story? I mean, when you think about you know, what we do and just the practice. It can be just a transaction, right? You come in, you sleep in the room, that's it, right. right? It's a service. What we're trying to sell is a relationship. And that relationship is built on the fact that we're coming into each one of these markets, each one of these towns, and we're telling the story of the market through the design, through the programming, through the narrative. We have a central character in each one of our assets, every single property. You pick one, I can tell it to you. Of the a central character that you've named or, or uh -huh. a fictional character? Fictional character. And fictional. so in Madison, you've got... Madison's, <laughs> Madison's all over. That Madison was one of our first hotels. But Madison, we started looking at it in terms of, you know, you grew up in small town Wisconsin. Got it. You got a scholarship. Madison's the big city. It's, it's an avatar. 100%. <laughs> yeah. It's an avatar. And you come there and you say, well, what is my idea of what the city is going to be like to that person? Right? And so we want to come in and we want to take that, combining it with the roots of all the towns, you know, in Wisconsin, right? Lakes, farms, Agriculture, history, it sits on the lake. You the can, you can go into one of these graduate hotels, spend the night, and feel like you went to that town. I mean, you were it. You didn't have to walk. You did walk around, but you, it, you, it was enhancing the experience of having gone to that town. If you've never been, I mean, you think about, and that's why this is such an unprecedented utility to the universities and to the overall community, is that the first and last thing you see 
most of the time when you're visiting one of these markets is your hotel room. Mm-hmm. So when I go into graduate Madison and I go on, and I mean, literally, like, I'm going to say this town is special. It's unique. It has such a, its own personality. People from Madison are so passionate that went to school there. All these colleges, right? Yeah. Pick your school, any one of them, but for good reason. I mean, it's a dynamic city. It's a state capital. It's got great commerce, great university, great athletics, wonderful academics. One of my favorite medium-sized towns in this country, It's a great by the way. town. Madison. All these towns are yeah. so inspirational. And so you go there and you say, so you walk in there, the first thing you see above you is a giant mural of Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> and you look at it and you say, what is, why is Rodney Dangerfield there doing a triple Lindy? Yeah. He said, well, they actually filmed back to school was at Madison. And say, so oh my, that's hilarious. I love that movie. Or yeah, so a lot yeah, of people yeah. say, I have no idea what that is. But then you educate them and they take ownership of it. So that is part of the story. That's part of the narrative. I showed you in Madison, we have a, a giant flamingo. Why is there a flamingo in your lobby as a central piece of art? Well, in, in a cold city. <laughs> yeah, in a cold city. It's a state bird. Right, that's just peculiar. It's fun. It's interesting, and you know we are. are these meetings that you're you're sitting around. We're at a conference table here at AJ Capital, the organization that runs graduate hotels. You sit around a table like this and say, "Let's start researching Wisconsin." One hundred percent. And so I mean, and let's start researching the actual school, and let's start. Madison's easy, right? Because we have people that you know, yeah. a lot of people that have gone there, and it's close. And Knoxville's it's, easy because that's where you graduated. Knoxville's easy, actually, to get people to talk about their university experience and the glory days. <laughs> pretty easy. So we, we call this a writer's table, and so yeah. we'll bring people in that are alumni from different generations, because we're not going here just focusing on you know, nineteen ninety eight at University of Tennessee. You know, we're going and we're focusing on all the different genres, yeah. right, from the last, you know, 100 years. And so there'll be things that resonate to certain folks that won't get, even if you went to school there, right. that you won't get or know or understand or say, that football player, that, you know, character, like, I never even heard of him. Like, who was right. he? Well, he was a walk-on, you know, Rudy-type character in the 50s. And the people from the 50s will say, oh, my gosh, that's magical. How did these people figure this out? And then how did they do this in other markets? So... We'll come in and spend time sitting around the table talking about the stories we want to tell. And then, you know, because we do everything ourselves, we don't farm out iota. It's all coming through this lens. Then we weave that into the proper, I mean, to the furniture, into the art, into the programming, yeah. how we activate it. And now when we have all these markets across the country, you know, what happens all the time, people will say, I didn't know you all had a hotel. I thought the only one was in Oxford, you know, Mississippi. And I'll say, thank you. Great compliment. Yeah. What they're saying is, I thought you guys were just focused on 100%. this one. It felt like I was getting your full, undivided attention. And that's the answer. You know, there's not a secret, right? The secret is hard work. That's it. Yeah. That hard work translates. You know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. We've gotten really lucky that we found a phenomenal niche within a market yeah. and we're able to scale it and have first mover, you know, put our flags sort of in the sand in, you know, the major markets that we wanted to control. And there's still a lot of towns that, you know, we haven't gotten into, but we will. Yeah. Right. We're not going to stop until we do because those markets deserve the type of product that we want to invite into our home. Yeah. Okay. I want to look at a few of these. Refuse limitations, number 12. Everything is impossible until somebody does it. Let's walk through Nashville. Let's walk through Vanderbilt after I make this statement. You go through one of your hotels and you literally think, they turn this up to 11, right? <laughs> Use the spinal tap. Somebody who did this had unlimited budget had unlimited creative permission, if you will. You literally, I mean, as a business guy, I walk through and go, okay, I'm trying to figure out this wasn't just about profit. This wasn't just about money. And it wasn't also about you guys saying, aren't we awesome that we would do this? It's literally about, you feel like you're a character to some degree in a Wes Anderson movie, and you get to feel that way for a period of time. There's a Disney-esque kind of, now don't think Disney, it's totally different. That's for kids. But there is this feeling of you feel like you are in a different world and to some degree, not a different person, but a much better version of yourself. You can't do that with limitations. So how do you balance, we have investors, they've paid a lot of money to be on this journey with us, they deserve a return on their investment in the long haul, and you don't have limitations. If you need to, we just talked about the flea markets outside of Paris where you've gone to try to find furniture for some of your hotels. That's a big expense rather than shopping online, you know, looking yeah, at pictures. A hundred percent. So how do you balance the idea that you don't want there to be limitations and you also have this is a business and you we have to be smart. hundred percent building movie sets. Do you just believe that if we don't have limitations, the return will come somehow? No, I, I think that so you certainly I think have budget restrictions. Yeah, no. So we actually really do have strict budgets. Yeah. The key is to find pieces and design hotels 
that are have such a wow factor that you can balance out the rest. And so the cost of designing or developing that hotel is not that different than a standard branded hotel, right? The difference is we're designing all the wallpaper. We're creating all the furniture. They actually do the same thing. They're just picking out colors out of a book. Right. We're going in and building a wallpaper. I mean, our we have a suite. I'll give you the whole Nashville sort of narrative or story. We have a nine to five suite in Nashville. <laughs> it is completely is that honored because there's Dolly Parton. Yeah. is involved. In She's a muse that yeah. we use for the, this hotel and Loretta Lynn and Emmy Lou Harris. But a Dolly Parton suite. We have a waterbed in that suite. We have mirrors. <laughs> we have a disco ball. We have a wallpaper that our head artist Ernest designed. That is each piece of it is a reflection of one of her songs and it's a character. We have gold. Has metallic. she seen it? Has she seen all this? Not yet. Yeah, she's got to. Yeah, she, she has to come. Yeah, and so you know. Let me walk you through the central character of that hotel and also just the whole idea of you know the cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, please, because this will in. give people an understanding of how you work. That hotel, Nashville, is a, a really personal it's market. It's called The Graduate. It's called Graduate Nashville on West End and 20th, right across the street from Vanderbilt. Super personal market to me. I went to the University of Tennessee. I used to live in Nashville. My wife is from Columbia, Tennessee, which is about 45 mm-hmm. – well, used to be 45 minutes away. I don't know now. Yeah, it takes forever. now it's a suburb. And so, you know, we were really cog- – we had done another hotel project in Nashville called the Thompson Nashville. Yep. And so we Wonderful re- hotel. Thank you. We had great timing and partners and that really, you know, we were really fortunate there. Nashville has obviously exploded and it's been astronomical to watch that growth. But we were really cognizant and hesitant to go into Nashville, you know, with graduate unless we could find the perfect site in the perfect market. We know it really well. We know every market well. We're not going to compromise. That's the one thing in real estate is you don't compromise on its location. And so we were able to find a site. It was a Taco Bell and a Checkers. I used to go to that Checkers all the time. I actually remember like a long time ago, I lived in Nashville. I was considering, you know, actually moving from Nashville. I was there with my partner. We actually went to that Checkers. They had two for 222 Big Bufords. <laughs> and we ate the Big Bufords, sat on the bench. I'm like, William, I think it's time to go. He's like, no, we got to stay. We got to stick in there. So it's kind of a cool full right, circle story yeah. that we ended up buying those two and building this love letter to Nashville. It's actually amazing you built it ground up rather than renovated a building. That adds cost. Actually, maybe, maybe not. Actually not. Okay. I mean, for us, you know, when we're going in, we're doing some really intricate you know, historic renovation. That's really how we cut our teeth. Yeah. The cost to do that is typically higher if you're doing it to the level of detail that we do than doing a new build hotel. And the new build gives you a lot more flexibility to really program it, activate it exactly how you want. So we do a combination of both. It's all market specific. So that hotel, new build in Nashville, we had the central mm-hmm. character. So the character was somebody, you know, small town Tennessee, anywhere, pick it, female character, and she's a musician. She moves to Nashville. You walk in, it's an emotional journey, right, for this, this character that walked in the hotel. So she walks in, there's a giant sign. It says Polk Motel, 50 beautiful units. So that sign is from- 50 beautiful what? 50 beautiful units. Units. <laughs> amazing hotel. I mean, amazing sign. I've been stocking this thing for seven years. We always have these artifacts. You found it where? This was in Columbia, where my wife is from. Got it. We've been married 15 years, and I've been obsessed with the sign the whole time. <laughs> and the hotel got torn down. It was James Polk, was that the 11th president of the United States? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, I don't know. He was president of the United yeah. States. And I'm, she's going to kill me. He's buried up in the uh, state cap. Yeah. So that was an homage to the Polk Motel. The sign is insane. The nostalgia, the patina, the charm, the light, the color. I had a mouse pad that was uh, that my mother-in-law, Robin, made for me that I had since, you know, whatever, 17 years ago, 18 years ago. So the hotel gets torn down. And the sign is there, just sitting there with the hotel down. And this the family that owns it, you know, is actually, they collect antiques. So I'm like, oh, we're never going to get this thing. They're keeping it. And so we called them, wrote them. My father-in-law, Dalton, would go over there and try to meet them and have conversations. <laughs> Finally, we bought the scoreboard in Nashville. Yeah. You know, well, giant, would anybody listen to this? The giant the, guitar. The, the Tennessee Sound scoreboard is a giant guitar. Probably, it's got to be 80 feet tall, 150 Massive. feet yeah, long. They duplicated it in the new Sound Stadium. Mm-hmm. It was one of Nashville's iconic things. You bought it. It's part of a different property, mm-hmm. but that's not at graduate. No, but th- that's that's a good thing. So we bought, mm-hmm. we sent the article to them, you know, say, look, we're here to celebrate the sign, the history. We want to bring a relic from the past into the future to share with everybody. So she walks in. She's from a small town. We got this sign. It's really cool. That's kind of like a landmark. Like, okay, like this is where I'm from, and now this is where I'm going. So I'm moving to Nashville to the big city. I've got my demo tape or whatever. I know people use now. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Fob. And I'm going to go up and down Music Row. And I'm going to take it, and I'm going to go to every single door. And I'm going to not going to stop, and I'm going to keep giving my tape because I'm not— This is a fictional character. Fictional character. Made up the whole thing. Yeah. 
And she is so resilient. She's so committed. She is not going to stop. She has Chris Christopherson's song, Stomach Full of Empty, Pocket Full of Dreams, right? She's all in. Are you driving around in your car thinking of these people and thinking up these characters? And 100%. You work exactly like a novelist. Yeah. But we are oh, you authors. don't write books. You create hotels. Yeah, the same thing. Right. It's we, fascinating. We write 100%. We write stories. We, yeah. But then you get to live in them, yeah. which is pretty you cool. come in. No different. And, and that's the thing is like you think about musicians or write people that write their songs. You write songs that you want to hear. Yeah. Right? I don't write songs I don't want to hear. Right? I'm writing a song that I want to stay in, that my wife wants to stay in, that is going to really resonate and connect with people. And so, and the other thing about like, you know, being the, the guide from Storybrand is like you're vulnerable, right? I mean, you think about the song where I'm obsessed with Eric Church. Like Eric, I think, is the most talented songwriter musician in the world. And Eric, like, you know, big, tough country, he's so vulnerable in his music. Yeah. You think about that. Or George Strait. Or these guys, it's like yeah. they're no. cowboys and they're vulnerable. That's why people resonate. And then yeah. they talk about the struggle, the grit, sitting on a bar stool. The challenge of the, the story. The challenge, right? Yeah. It's so inspirational. And then, you know, it's like, wow, that's what we want to do. We, we want to be our version of that, right? So anyway, she walks in. She sees the sign. It's unbelievable. She then goes, we have, as I said, she's walking up in that music row with her compact disc or whatever it is. <laughs> we have a stadium seats of couches. What? That's crazy. Well, she's sleeping on a couch, right? She's staying at her friend's house. She's going to make it or she's going to die trying. Then she finally gets a job at a karaoke bar. So she gets a job at the bar, just waiting tables while she's, you know, passing her CD around town. She then gets a job and it's karaoke. She starts leading some of the song band, right? She gets up in front. We have this band it's called Cross-Eyed Critters and it's animatronic karaoke. So you think about <laughs> nostalgia and Chuck E. Cheese and you, I know you know it, or, or Showbiz Pizza. We have three animals that are the house band and so you perform in front of them. So she's working there, right? And now she gets in front. She's one of the karaoke leaders. She gets discovered. After she's been sleeping on the couch, hustling, grinding. And not, the hotel's literally telling this story. The whole story. As you walk through. So if I go to Vanderbilt Graduate, mm -hmm. Nashville Graduate, I see the couches. But you don't say this is where she slept. Not it's implied. It's subtle. And then you see the animatronic character. People think these are gimmicks, but there's that's what I'm trying to get at. There's something that ties it all together. You can't exactly put your finger on, but it's not gimmicky. Zero gimmick. I mean, that the whole idea that you can't put your finger on it, you talk it's about It's also this. intriguing. You're sucked in. You're sucked in. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that you're taking them on this journey, and you want to see how it ends. So she's on the couch. She's at the karaoke bar. She gets discovered. That means she gets to go open for something, you know, Dottie West. Who knows? Somebody yeah, completely yeah, yeah, obscure. Yeah, back in the day. And then she's, you know, going to Blue, but working at all, you know, station in. I mean, she's, you know, sorting, you know, yeah. go around town. Then she hits it. She's dreaming of the rhyming. She's dreaming of the rhyming. A hundred percent. It's like, <laughs> and you can't, you can't touch somebody's dreams. Right? I mean, at the beginning, they're super vulnerable and people can shoot them down. But she's like, you know, I'm going for this. So this is parallel. Obviously, you can tie this to any one of our markets as we have this intriguing, you know, character that wants to go on this. You're going to take on this journey. She hits it. She's out there. She's got a number one hit. She's traveling out of town. She's like, you know what? And then she made a bunch Audiences of Audiences sing oh, along. People are in. They know her. <laughs> she's got a van with her picture on. Her hair is the higher the hair, the closer to God that's in there. It's, it's big. And she's out there performing, and she's just crushing it. And she's made a ton of money. She's like, you know what? I'm going to build a house, and it's going to be in Brentwood, and it's going to be massive, or Leaper's Fork, and it's going to be completely over the top. And remember, she's from a super small town. Yeah. She had didn't have the internet. She doesn't know what's fancy or what good taste is or or class she's just like this is my idea. money is glitz that's right she's like this is my idea of making it and she's built this rooftop bar which is so outrageous and so over top it's all pink <laughs> because that's what she thought was amazing yeah and it's lacquered and it's just beautiful and warm and comfortable it's got a pool i mean it is really special it's called miss bessie's so Miss Bessie is our, our central character um she's from the band song and an eric church song so we kind of brought it all together and it's just over the top, and it's on the top of the property, overlooking this university and downtown. It's magic. It really, it's so central to the magic of what we're doing. Yeah. So she does that. I mean, she's got a tour. She's going around. She's big, ups and downs, and maybe she had a drive. Who knows, right? Right, 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 right. She then gets it together, has like, you know, she's become a storied artist, and she's, you know, like, you know, Country Music Hall of Fame, and she's just- she, oh. She's becoming a queen. She's an icon, right? Yeah. To Nashville. She's a living legend. Pick your artist. Like Dolly, said. Emmy Lou. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Loretta, it, it, one of them, right? But she's also been all over the world. She's well traveled. Mm -hmm. She's been 
internationally. She's been to every continent. She's a she's different performed. human being. She's a different human. Think how much she's learned, which a big part of our business, which is hospitality, is is like awareness and travel and meaning and purpose and just getting out there. She's not done that. Think how much she's changed from when she walked in, looking at the Polk Motel sign, sleeping on the couch, playing at the karaoke bar, having a you know a jacuzzi in her in her hot tub, <laughs> uh, driving around you know the southeast. To now, she's just this like mature, beautiful, thoughtful, educated person. And she's, then she like she becomes a spokesperson for so many. Yeah, it's aspirational. She's women. lived it. She's done yeah. it. And she then says, you know what? I'm gonna settle down a little bit, and she builds a gorgeous, well curated traveled, reflection, floral, pink, just like thoughtful, four-post bed in Belmead. She has a mansion. That's the room. So she gets to retire. So the whole career arc and the whole journey comes through on that It's hotel. all represented in the hotel. 100%. And it, is that in writing anywhere? If you stay at the hotel, you don't really see it? Or is, or is that, that's just what you guys... At First of all, I'm getting, I got choked up as you even told the story about this fictional character. You really are a novelist. Or really, what you are is you're a screenplay writer... And then you create the sets and you throw out the script. I don't mean dismiss it. You just never get to actually see the movie. Yeah, and I think, I mean... You get to be the character. Yeah, we're the guide, right? Yeah. I mean, and our guests, they're the hero. And so And all of the things that you it. described. I mean, yeah. you know, you just described a woman who moved to Nashville to try to become a country music star. Everybody listening could identify with, I just wanted to make it. I knew I was bigger than they thought I was. And then I had this kind of experience. And then this is when... I kind of was affirmed in some way. Everybody's had those experiences. They're universal. It's not 100%. I mean, any market, any town, you know, that you go into, whether you're doing, you know, real estate or a writer or anything, you have that, you know, that eternal optimism and of a dream. Like I said, nobody can touch it and you're going to go for it. And we, the thing, you know, that I think about a lot is you have a lot of dreamers and you have a lot of doers. What you want is the combination. Mm. You want dreamers who do. Yeah, so action-oriented. That's exactly it. And so when you stay at one of our hotels and you talk about, you know, the thought process or the design, or it's, it's all to inspire somebody, to inspire them to whatever it is that they want to do. It doesn't matter what it is. Say, you said, like, these people are crazy or they don't care. And, like, the best ideas and the best businesses are all ones where people think you're crazy on one side. I'll be right back with the rest of my interview with Ben Weprin in just a moment. Listen, if you are a marketing mind, if you just think marketing, and you've been a marketing agent for at least two years, and people tell you you are good, you should become a StoryBrand certified guide. We actually certify marketing agents. We certify probably 200 a year. We have about 500 of them in our directory at marketingmadesimple.com. But we want to certify you. If you think like Ben, that is, you want to help customers figure out their story and how to invite their customers into a story, and you basically lose sleep at night being creative on behalf of others, you are the right material to become a StoryBrand certified guide. We would love for you to come and do our four-day training. I'm there personally most of the time. It's a fantastic time. And even if you just want to sharpen your marketing skills, a lot of people just come and they say, I want to know marketing from your perspective we actually give that to you in droves. Plus, you'll join a terrific community of who we think are the best marketers in the world, or certainly becoming the best marketers in the world. If you would like to be certified as a StoryBrand certified marketing guide, go to storybrand.com guide. That's storybrand.com guide. You'll fill out an application. One of our sales reps will call you. We'll just have a short interview and make sure that you, you really are on the right track. And then you'll actually show up in Nashville for four days. It'll be some of the most entertaining and inspirational four days you have ever spent. Apply today. Storybrand.com slash guide. Storybrand.com slash guide. Don't wait to take your career to the next level. Let's do it now. Storybrand.com slash guide. All right, Ben, I think everybody who has listen to this podcast is inspired. You've made me want to go back and rethink all of our live events. Uh, <laughs> however, practical application. Let's get four or five things that you guys do that anybody can actually duplicate, no matter what businesses. One of the things that you're going to have to hire the right people. What are you looking for in terms of who you hire? Who do you filter out? Who doesn't make it? Who makes it? What are you looking for? We're not going to hire people that are not motivated. 
right? If you're coming in here, you're motivated. You motivated are, to advance your career, motivated to change the world, motivated to do something special to in, get the, better. in life. Yeah, to get motivated better. To get better personally. To be better, right? Every single day to evolve and change and grow. What we do is we hire people that are already motivated and then we inspire them. Yeah. That's the most valuable You hire tool. great athletes and give them a support. 100%. And yeah. we don't always hire, we talk about utility infielders, mm-hmm. right? If somebody's talented, we'll figure out a way to apply them because our business is so left, right brain. I mean, there's a spot. If you're a go-getter and you're inspired, especially if you have the Labrador you know, gene yeah. and you're you know, into hospitality and yeah. service, and then really, I mean, you can dream here, but you can actually do it. Yeah. That's so, I mean, whatever. So I would imagine is, people are drawn to this. They want to work here. We've been really fortunate. And, you know, we have a lot of people. If you want to do something innovative in hospitality and real estate, you know, that is a status quo industry, right? This, the people have been doing stuff the same way for a long period of time. We found a way to be differentiated, unique, have a perspective, and a real sense of purpose. And people are drawn to that, right? It's bigger than anyone. Yeah. This isn't about me or uh, executive. Like, this is. Of all the people that are staying at our hotels, all the people that work, I mean, we have whatever, two thousand, how many employees we have at all the hotels, like it's all part of, you know, they're all inspired to, you know, be at the forefront of change and inspiration. Once they are hired, you have to actually continue to work on that culture and develop that culture and develop these individuals. One of the things, one of your core values, if you will, is don't over-celebrate achievements. Every accomplishment is just a stepping stone to the next challenge. This is a problem with a lot of organizations they over-celebrate minor wins, and they will often couch or dismiss you know, some setbacks and failures and not talk about them rather than really process them and learn from them. No great sports team could operate that way and win any kind of championship. You actually put it right at the forefront. We don't over-celebrate things that don't need to be celebrated. Can you just speak to that? Because I think there are a lot of business leaders who need to apply that in their culture. Yeah, I think that's just part of not... You know, you can be grateful, but you don't have to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and pat yourself on the back and say, we're the best or we've accomplished so much. Like, you know, my dreams and aspirations for this company are so big that there's no room for ego. Yeah. And so you can't sit here. It's you're climbing a, a mountain, right? We're not going to get to the top because I'm going to keep making it bigger and we're going to keep, you know, growing it. And you're certainly sit there and say, wow, you know, look back like, wow, we've come a long way. But like, we got a long way to go. We're so much smaller than you know, a zillion other hotel companies or a real estate company. Like that's fine. We're the underdog. Right. We're the challengers. We're the upstarts. I don't want to lose that. Right. You want to stay uneasy, right? I mean, that's a super important, and that is the core value here. Is like we're the challengers. Nobody wants Goliath. You don't root for Goliath. Right. Right. You root for David, and we want to be a company full of Davids, of people that are, you know, we're not done. You say don't advocate for yourself. Let your work do it for you. Earn a reputation. For doing what others cannot, there's almost two different ideas. There. It is, yeah. You know, don't advocate for yourself, but earn a reputation. What does it mean to do work that others can't do? Is that because what you're really saying is bring yourself, 100. percent Be yourself. Be odd. Be different. Be Celebrate that. I mean, I think that is the thing that is the most valuable. You know, in any relationship, professionally or personally. I mean, you know, my wife, like, she lets me be exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm an absolute lunatic right but like mm-hmm. she knows that and she lets me be that and she makes but me if a you, better person you know, for you, it. you could take ben weprin you could put him into corporate headquarters of x hotel chain and you'd probably fall out the bottom pretty quickly people probably wouldn't know what to do with you because it doesn't that doesn't fit in our budget parameter that's not exactly how we do it that's not duplicatable across all markets you know you could just hear it and yet you take you and put you in here and you have an explosive hotel brand that's really getting a ton of attention you celebrate that same characteristic. Those people are comfortable here. The same thing as our hotels. I mean, people will walk into our hotels, say, These, yeah, yeah. Th- this is this, what in the world <laughs> is going on here? I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. I need my points. I need my waffle maker. And like, <laughs> go for it. It's fine. And that's totally okay. I mean, right. if we were doing something that, tra- that resonated with everybody. So what we try to build is the business model. You talk about, you know, like, I think this is the largest mark in the world is when you have something and you just sort of look at a Venn diagram and you say, this is great value, lower cost, it's aspirational for people, and it's a standard for others. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's a huge, right? If it's an upsell and a downsell and it's okay, that's a huge, huge universe of people. I think that's what graduate is. Anyone can stay at a graduate and they would either come back and say, that was really special. 
that was amazing or say, you know what, that was good enough for me. I really, you know, like <laughs> someone that's staying at a, you know, seven star hotel, like, and, and they go to our hotel and pick your market in Arbor, it doesn't matter. This is a great option that definitely filled a need. And so, you know, it's the same thing with deals. I mean, we're going in and pitching, whether it's an investor or a university or anything, like I will a hundred percent, I will lose business because they're like, that dude is out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like he is so passionate. And like I won't resonate. I was gonna with ask that oh, all the time. Like what, what sort of investors are drawn to this? For sure. We connect with investors that understand the business, the whole opportunity, and they're gonna bet on someone that has so much conviction that they're gonna die trying to execute it. Yeah. Right? We obviously have the yeah, experience. I'll bet on that guy every time. Yeah, you this is a hundred percent. And so they come and like we've had, you know, we have a lot of institutional investors, a lot of private investors, people that say, what this is the business they're filling a void. They're going to execute. They have first mover advantage. Now there's no stopping them. This has great just fundamentals. And these cats are just crazy enough to do it and pull it off. First graduate hotel opened when? Uh, about five years ago Holy in Athens. Macro. You've done Ath- this in four five and a half years. Yeah, in Athens, Georgia. Five years. Okay, I have one last sure. core value that you've got here. You've got 20. They're mm-hmm. internal documents. My audience has been uh, lucky enough to hear about four or five of them. Every property should become the center of a spider web. I don't know what that means. I'm very curious. It sounds profound. Paul Blair, who's a DJ. He was Lady Gaga's producer and a DJ. He's been a okay. friend of mine for a long time. We're working on a partnership with him right now. He said that in a meeting a couple weeks ago, and it like just blew Stuck my mind. Stuck with yeah. 100%. He actually just won a Grammy, so congratulations. Yeah. The center of the spider web. And I asked him the same question. What does that mean? He's like, you're the center of the universe. It's the strongest part. It's where everything sort of funnels and goes. And so if there's a storm, the center is going to be the thickest. It's got the most ingrained part and the hardest. Everything else sort of goes you can out. You cut two or three of the connections, exactly. the center is going to stay. It also touches a lot of different places. And so for our hotel to be the center of the spiderweb means that we're the core and the central meeting, gathering. You know, We're the backdrop for all of these incredible life experiences. Hmm. You think about that. Whether that's a university hotel or if it's in Chicago or Nashville or in St. Andrews, it, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime or monumental, this like big emotional thing. We're not building hotels by a mall or an yeah. airport. Like, this is not what we do. We're coming in these big monumental things, and we're the backdrop, and we want that to be the spiderweb. We want them to come in there, and it really reflects and just gets that emotional connection, and it's there for a long time. We're not doing trends. There's no gimmicks. There's no themes. We're going to be here for a long time. That's the center of the spider. We're committed to the markets. You know, it's interesting. You, you just made me realize that one of the ways that I felt this morning waking up, wouldn't have been able to put words to it until you, you talked just now, is that you really kind of make so much of the rest of this industry feel like a Potemkin village. You ever, you know, you know the idea that it was a Russian military leader who built these false villages along the river to make other military invading armies feel like there was much something much bigger happening here than what it actually was. There's a feeling when you wake up at a graduate that, wow, I've been staying in something that's been a commercial construct for a long time. And this feels like a group of people actually had a creative expression and I got to be inside of it. Something really special about that. Will you write that in TripAdvisor? That'd be great. <laughs> or that's, I mean, literally, that, that's a, such an incredible compliment because what we really want is when people wake up to know where they are. Yeah. It really felt that way. Thank you. That's, that's amazing. Real quick, Ben, you've got uh, graduate hotels in Athens, Nashville, Knoxville, Bloomington, Indiana, Cincinnati, Columbus, State College, Pennsylvania, Annapolis, Charlottesville, Richmond, Chapel Hill. That's a great town. Columbia, Providence, New Haven, Roosevelt Island. You've got one in Minneapolis, Lincoln, Fayetteville, Dallas, Tempe, Tucson, Berkeley, Palo Alto, Eugene, uh, Seattle, and you've got a hotel going in in Waco, Texas, partnered with Chip and yeah. Joanna Gaines. Yeah. That's going to be wonderful. You've also got the property across the street from the 18th green at St. Andrews. How did you score that? It was wild. <laughs> yeah. There's a for sale sign on the window and you were walking <laughs> yeah, by? Was. No, I hit my four iron over there, <laughs> shattered a window, and met now the you owner. <laughs> but, you know, in a lot of these situations, and it's no different than a lot of the graduates or non-graduate Yeah, I should say you've got yeah, graduates right, and you've got non-graduate graduate hotels. You're not buying a property from somebody. You're actually being a steward of their legacy. Mm. And so when the gentleman who's owned that hotel has owned it for you know 40 or 50 years, you're actually walking into somebody's history, their past, their so personally dedicated, invested to this hotel, what's going to happen in the future? And when we can go in there and articulate and now show 40, however many hotels, the purpose, the meeting, how much we care about this and what we're going to do with it going forward, 
they're putting it in the hands of somebody that is a, a steward that cares. Hmm. And so that conversation with that owner was not that dissimilar from the same conversation we had in you know, pick your market in, in any of these markets, right? Yeah. That one obviously is magical. I mean, it, it is the backdrop for a memory, a once-in-a-lifetime trip, and a visit to the birthplace of golf. I yeah. mean, the history, the charm. Yeah, incredible I mean, town. it is staggering. I mean, yeah. it is legit a movie set. Yeah. And so, like, for me, I'm just so grateful, right? I mean, to have the opportunity to do that and work with the people that are, you know, just so talented and so thoughtful and so dedicated. I mean, that hotel will be our fundamental principles of the best golf experience in the world. We want to do that. And yeah. so that's what we're going to try to create there. We see it, and you're talking about the economic principles. We're adding 44 rooms on the parking lot. We're building a rooftop bar that overlooks all of, you know, 18 and 1 and 17. I mean, it is the water where they film Chariots of Fire. I mean, it's beautiful. It is bonkers. Yeah. But all these places, these institutions, and like these hotels, we want to become a fabric and a framework of that. And we want to create, you know, from a hotel to an institution. That's something that's there forever. And so that's what we're trying to do. And that, it's really hard. We've been very fortunate to do it. And, so many towns or countries. I mean, it's wild. I mean, you think about it, like, I'm so like, you know, I'm not like, I'm super surprised, you know, like in that sense, it's like, oh my gosh, I get to do this. But then like, you know, put in the work. This is an accident, you know, this was intentional. We, 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 everything we have done in terms of building the foundation and now going a little bit more vertical is the blueprint, you know, of ideas that we've had. I mean, there's no perfect blueprint for this kind of thing because we're charting it, but it's all intentional. Ben, you are living proof that a great mission attracts resources, attracts people, attracts money, attracts talent. You're living proof of that. I would say if there's a controlling idea of our conversation, it might be the controlling idea of your life. There is a great return for being thoughtful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. JJ, fantastic. So good. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. It made me want to just do so many things different. It made me want to get all of our group together and think through. We have an extremely high five-star rated live workshop yeah. experience in Nashville. And then I was just thinking, how do we get animatronic animals? <laughs> <laughs> well, even just that idea of what story is your space writing, even, yeah. you know, and the event and the experience, figuring out like what is the story you want people to experience yeah. and kind of reverse engineering it. I love that. There's something about letting your creative juices go that create magic. Yeah. And you can't figure it out any other way yeah. than to get a bunch of people in the room and say, let's take some of the limits down. Yep. Let's actually say, if we were crazy, yeah. How would we do this? <laughs> yes. It's a great question to ask. Ben, thank you so much. You're an inspiration to me and everybody here at StoryBrand. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Building a StoryBrand podcast. Music from this episode, as always, is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's music on Apple Music or Spotify. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a StoryBrand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. <laughs> <laughs>